Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. Atlanta's Evening News. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. I actually don't want to spend a lot of time on this right now. You just need to know it, it is the big story of the day in politics, at least. Doug Collins, uh, the New York Times reporting, is behind the scenes pushing to replace Johnny Isaacson in the Senate. Uh, the New York Times and the uh, Atlanta Business Chronicle, all um, all of them are out saying that uh, Doug Collins wants to be the senator. I don't know whether Doug Collins is lobbying or not, but those are the big headlines from the New York Times and the Atlanta Business Chronicle, which is just echoing the New York Times. I know there are a number of people who would like Doug Collins to do it, and they would like Doug Collins to do it because they think he can rally conservatives next year. Um, that would then, of course, trigger a special election up in Northeast Georgia. It's a very reliably conservative district, so the GOP wouldn't have to worry about a Democrat. Uh, they would have to worry about a billion Republicans trying to run. Now, that's that. Uh, set that aside. I actually want to talk about Netflix. I do. I'm fascinated with Netflix largely because Netflix is shiny and disruptive, and so people love it, uh, like people love Tesla, and I think both are ultimately garbage companies. Uh, I, I think that Tesla is one of the greatest con games ever played in modern American business. I really do. Now, listen, I would be perfectly happy to have a Tesla, uh, but the friends of mine who have them, who have need repairs on them, have to wait forever. There are clearly supply chain issues. I think Tesla is dependent on tax subsidies, by and large, to survive. I don't think Tesla is ever going to meet its goals, and I've known a number of people who have toured their their product lines and whatnot, their their assembly lines, and say that there's no way if if uh, other car companies actually get together on their electric cars, Tesla's going to be left behind because you've got people hand hammering and trying to assemble stuff and the others have the robots doing it. You'd think for a tech company, they wouldn't have so many people involved. They're not able to meet their, their needs. I just think that Tesla largely ultimately will work out to be a scam financially and otherwise. Then there's Netflix and Netflix is what I'm interested in. They, Netflix doesn't have any intellectual property or at least uh, very little intellectual property. No one goes to a theme park in Florida, California, or anywhere else to see Netflix intellectual property. They do go to Disney, they go to Universal, and guess what? Disney and NBC Universal are about to start streaming services, and they're taking their intellectual property away from Netflix. What intellectual property does Netflix have? Netflix has Stranger Things. Netflix has The Crown. Netflix had uh, Marvel properties but chose to cancel them out of spite. It was not a Disney decision. It was a Netflix decision to try to hurt Disney's streaming service before it got off the ground. But Disney has the rest of the Marvel series and Disney has Star Wars. And they're about to launch. In November, they're going to launch. The Mandalorian is going to be one of Disney's first series. It's going to be uh, produced by and overseen by John Favreau. John Favreau of Chef, uh, the movie Chef. He's happy in the the Iron Man series, Spider Man, the Avengers. Um, he he did the the animated Lion King that we're supposed to pretend is a live action Lion King when it's not. Uh, he's done all these things, and he's going to oversee the Mandalorian, which is about a bounty hunter shortly after Return of the Jedi takes place. 
Disney is sinking resources into this. And people are going to get the Disney service because they're going to get ESPN and Hulu as well. And they're going to get the Marvel stuff. They're going to get the Disney stuff. They're going to get the Star Wars stuff, the Lucasfilm stuff, all of that from Disney. What does is, what is Netflix have? They're, they're trying with Dark Crystal. They're trying with Stranger Things. They've got The Crown, and I really do like The Crown. If you haven't seen The Crown, you should watch The Crown. The Crown is good. But one of the things Netflix has decided to do is to end the binge. Some series will still be bingeable, but Netflix is going to take a page from HBO, and they're going to end binging content and instead drip it out weekly. The reason they're planning on doing that is in large part because Disney and Apple are planning on doing that. Apple, I haven't mentioned, but Apple is coming out with a streaming service as well. I don't know how successful it will be. I buy my software and hardware from Apple, but I'm not sure that Apple has what it takes to do a good streaming service, although I am interested in the Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon uh, thing that's coming out. But Netflix is realizing it has a problem, and the biggest part of Netflix's problem is buzz. Okay, let, let me explain. L let me explain um, the situation with with Netflix. Netflix typically rolls out all of its shows at one time, and you can sit there on a weekend and binge watch Stranger Things. The problem with binge watching is the HBO problem. This past year, Netflix released a number of movies and a number of TV series, and none of them got nearly as much buzz as Stranger Things, or, I'm sorry, as Game of Thrones, as Succession, and as uh, Westworld, which hasn't even come out yet, and, and several other series. Now, Game of Thrones obviously was going to get a ton of buzz because Game of Thrones was in uh, Season 8 in its last year. And, uh, listen, that that that's fine. Um, but also understand... That the reason, if by the way, if you haven't seen Succession, uh, if you if you have an aversion to strong language, there's a lot of bad language, in, and I don't like a lot of bad language in shows. But my goodness, it is a good good show on HBO. Succession is an impressively orchestrated show, um, where man, you come you come off badly by empathizing with certain terrible characters, but at the same time, deeply sympathetic to some characters that that really deserve the sympathy. It's just. Succession is basically what would you get with a family that was a combination of the, the Murdoch family that owns Fox and the Redstone family that owns CBS Viacom and National Amusements. Um, it's just it's a, it's an incredible show. But what HBO does is, for example, let's just take Game of Thrones on Sunday nights this past year. People tuned in and they watched Game of Thrones on a Sunday night between nine and ten or on the West Coast later. And they absolutely spent the rest of the night reading up on it chatting with people online, uh, listening to podcasts that came out overnight, and going into the office the next morning excited about what they had seen the night before. Even the third episode where the Night King is killed, spoiler alert, uh, before people started complaining about the quality, the darkness, or anything else, people were excited about it and buzzed about it and blown away by it until critics started trashing it uh, after it was over. And people went in the next day, and they were guaranteed to know, one, that most people had seen it. The most watched television show in the world that week was Game of Thrones. A pay program on HBO was the most watched TV episode each week for those eight weeks, which is mind-blowing when you consider it's pay TV. 
And people could go into the office on a Monday and they could talk about what happened the night before with all the people in their office, knowing that a good proportion of the people had watched it. And if they had not watched it, they were going to watch it that night. You could talk about it on Tuesday. And it built reinforcing buzz. It built the feedback loop from from season one to two to three to four to five to six to seven to eight. I mean, for gosh sakes, you had Barack Obama during a White House press event referencing the Red Wedding, which it was a wedding where a bunch of people got slaughtered. And it became a thing. The Red Wedding became terminology that was shared in pop culture by a lot of people. And people who had not even watched Game of Thrones ultimately were able to understand it because people were going to the office the next day talking about it. And it registered with people. Um, The Red Wedding was a thing that people, even those who hadn't seen it, heard enough people talking about it that they kind of got it. How many people, show of hands, how many people know Barb? Anybody know Barb? Because Barb's a thing. But, but Barb's not the thing that Game of Thrones was. Barb's not the thing that the Dragon Queen. Barb's not the thing of, of Winter is Coming. Why? Because Barb is on Strange, was on Stranger Things, a dead character in Stranger Things, who disappears, who, if you watch Stranger Things on Netflix, you understood who Barb was. And, and you know, where's Barb? You understood the shirts. But it wasn't a cultural thing because Netflix dropped Stranger Things all at once and nobody could talk about Stranger Things because nobody had seen it all together. You couldn't all show up at the office one day, say, hey, did you, did you see what finally they, they found out about Barb? No, you couldn't talk to in your office about that because you didn't know who else around you had seen which episodes but had everybody called up because Netflix dropped them all at once and everybody watched at their own pace. They weren't tuning in for a must-see event every Sunday night. And Netflix has finally realized that is a fatal flaw in their strategy because they're losing the cultural buzz to the must-see weekly events on other streaming services. Disney and Apple are coming. HBO is going to expand with HBO Max. NBC Universal is going to have their own thing. CBS is going to... By the way, there, there's a random aside here of how many of these things do you need? Disney, you get Disney, ESPN, Hulu. Okay, maybe I go with that. A- Amazon Prime, you get because you're a Prime member. Okay. Uh, Apple TV Plus, I'm a huge Apple guy. I don't know if I want it. Uh, am I going to keep Netflix? Maybe to see the rest of The Crown. I don't know that I need to see the next, uh, next season of Stranger Things. They should have been wrapped up last season. Why do we need it? Although that Dave Chappelle thing, wow. Um, how many streaming services do we need? And do we still need cable? Do, do I need my DirecTV subscription? Maybe for live sports I do. But at some point, this stuff is start going to start adding up. And it's going to start having real-world implications. Although I, I, I'm willing to gamble that people without a lot of money are, if they're, if they're not white, if they're not highly educated white people, let me just put it to you that way. If you're not a highly educated white person who is just out of college and not making a ton of money, if you're if you're white but not highly educated or you're non-white and you don't have a lot of money, I bet you're still going to go for cable, if not over the air. I don't know that you're going to want to deal with the, the navigation of uh, or have the money to deal with this Hulu subscription, the Amazon Prime subscription, the Apple Plus subscription, the uh, what else is there? The Paramount uh, subscription, NBC Universal subscription, the U, uh, CBS subscription, the ESPN subscription. If you don't have the Disney subscription, the Netflix subscription, there's no way to navigate all this stuff. So you'll just stick with cable. Uh, if you're a senior citizen, you'll stick with cable. It becomes too difficult. 
but that's not where the money in the advertising is. The money in the advertisers want the young, rich, white people, basically. And, and I mean, some of you are offended by that. That's just the advertisers want the young, rich, white people. You know why? Because the young, rich, white people tend to have a lot of brand loyalty, and they, they tend to spend a lot of money. And Netflix is going to lose out on that because they don't have any intellectual property. And they're starting to realize that. And so they themselves, the people who upended television by doing this binge mode, drop all the episodes at once, let you watch as much as you want, stream online, are now thinking, hey, you know what? We need to be more like TV in the 21st century, which is mind-numbing considering where they have been. It is Eric Erickson here, the phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Jonathan in Virginia Highlands, thanks for being patient with me. How are you? Yes, Eric. I love listening to you, and I have even found you on your new Athens station. Uh, awesome. I guess I shouldn't mention that on That's all right. I'll let you mention it. <laughs> but, but that's because I happen to drive a car that streams that station here in Atlanta. Uh-huh. I am a very loyal Tesla Model X driver and owner. Ooh, Model X. I love my car dearly. I have Clark been Howard toured, loves his. I, I know. I love mine more than he loves his. <laughs> I have toured the factory. I was very impressed. Their customer service has been top-notch to me. I have had warranty issues that they've taken care of me very well. I've had body shop issues when somebody hit my car, and I was taken care of very well. This is a young company going through growing pains. They're getting a lot of bad press. The doggone short sellers in the market mess around with their stocks. But this company is in it for the long run, and uh, you are completely wrong. This is not government motors. Well, they paid look, back their debts. I they're paying hope down that you're their, right on this, Jonathan. They're um, paying. They're paying. They've paid down their their obligations, and they are they are doing right by their customers. My car is a workhorse. I cannot say enough good things about it. I have put almost sixty thousand miles nice. on it in less than two years, and it just doesn't die it just continues to perform <laughs> well don't let the battery ever run out. listen we've got about 20 oh. seconds left jonathan thank you very much for that uh the problem though jonathan is is that anecdote isn't data and there are lots and lots and lots of stories and data out there that there are lots of backlogs and supply particularly when you get in a wreck with tesla but this was really about Netflix. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Wait, wait, I, I bookmarked this audio. Oh, gosh, where is it? I got to find this for you. You need to hear this. Let me, I'll explain what's going on here. Destruction. Hang on, let's start. The destruction of factory farming and oppressed bodies of the chicken are very Yep. The destruction of factory farming and oppressed bodies of the chicken are very anti-indigenous. This is not how we respect the land. Yes, you heard that. You don't think you heard that right, but you heard that right. That's a protest outside of Chick-fil-A in Toronto, Canada, eh? Um, it, it is, yes, a, the bodies of the chickens are oppressed. It, it's not respectful to them. The destruction of factory farming. The destruction of factory farming. And oppressed bodies of the chickens. And oppressed bodies of the chickens. Are very anti-indigenous. Are very anti-indigenous. This is not how we 
This is not how we respect the land. That it, it not quite as catchy as hey hey ho ho um or whatever. <laughs> they did a die-in at the Chick-fil-A where they laid on the ground and pretended to be dead. People were stepping over their bodies to go get their two buttered buns with a pickle stuck between them. I just don't understand why the left hates this company. <laughs> Press bodies of the chickens. <laughs> the, what, what is so oppressed? Why are they oppressed? They're not feminists. <laughs> bodies of the chickens they've been fat shamed those chickens have been fat shamed at the farm they have been oppressed no they're dead they're dead they're not oppressed oppression does not equal death of the poultry they've been plucked <laughs> the oppressed bodies of the chickens and the indigenous what you which i have no idea what they're talking about oh my goodness this is a religion can we, can we just admit this is a religious cult that is springing up uh, upon the, the progressive secular left? There's no such thing as an atheist. You, you do understand this, right? There's, there is not anything called an atheist. You may think you are an atheist because you don't believe in the God who created all of us. You, could, you can say you're an atheist, but you're not because you worship something. Now, what you spend your money on is probably what you worship. And if you say, well, all my money goes to Georgia Power and the water company and my car bill and my cable bill and my internet, then you worship yourself because you're spending all your money on yourself. And it, what we're seeing with the, this, this progressive religion is that uh, part of sanctification is boycott. You must you must refrain from something that you would otherwise want. Do you know they have made progressives have made an app where when you're in the grocery, I am not making this up. When you go to a grocery store, you can scan the barcode of the thing you want to buy, and it will tell you if that company supports Donald Trump and Republicans or does it support left-wing causes? Who has the time for this? Who is going to do that? Angry women in comfortable shoes with deep voices. That's who. I, 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 y'all, come on. I mean. <laughs> the destruction of factory farming and oppressed bodies of the chickens are very anti-indigenous. Are very anti-indigenous. Now, what is this shirt she's wearing? Uh, nobody knows, uh, oh, she's wearing a shirt that says, nobody knows I'm a lesbian. Oh my goodness gracious. Uh, and there are drag queens standing behind her and, um, someone's holding up a sign, a very androgynous person is holding up a sign saying no homophobic chicken. <laughs> I didn't know chicken could be homophobic. <laughs> Y'all, these people, <laughs> homophobic chicken, what 
make you know. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, no. It's not running from you because you're gay. It's running from you because you're about to cut off its neck and pull its feathers off and serve it to people. It's not homophobic. It just knows it's about to die. <laughs> wow. These people, you can't, you can't parody this stuff. It is a religion. There's sacraments now. Instead of going to church, you go to protest. As part of your sanctification of self-denial, of, of giving up worldliness, you give up chicken sandwiches from Chick-fil-A. You, you give up things that you like. Um, the, the sacraments are uh, abortion. Abortion is now their sacrament. You, they're high priests or celebrities and, and, and Planned Parenthood. Instead of giving money to churches, you give money to progressive causes to defeat the president. It, it, it's all about, it is all about sin, and it is all about the denial of sin and the repentance of sin and the atonement for sin. That's why rich white people in this country have to make poor African people die to make themselves make the rich white people feel good at night. The, rich, the poor people in Africa, they can't have DDT to kill the mosquitoes. They got to sleep under nets and die of malaria so that the good, rich, white, progressive secularists in this country can feel good about themselves, that nobody's killing the mosquitoes or spreading bad chemicals. The people in Africa, God help them if they ever get air conditioner. I mean, you've got a Harvard professor is saying we should invade the invade Brazil to stop Brazil from burning the Amazon when they're actually not it's farmland that's on fire down there they're going to want to invade Africa if the Africans ever get air conditioners but they're not allowed to have air conditioners to begin with they've got to be kept poor and miserable and oh by the way uh, their fields and farmland and their deserts and their jungles have to be pillaged for precious minerals and resources for the batteries and the Teslas of the rich white people in America it is, it is a religion with these people. And now even the chickens are homophobic. I mean, the homophobic chicken. Think about that. Think about the homophobic chicken. How do they know the chicken's homophobic? How do they know the chicken is homophobic? I mean, what, 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 did, the, what did the chicken say other than... Bark, 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 bark. I mean, is, is that... <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> okay. So, I mean... What they're really upset about is the Kathy family. By the way, you, you know what you know what the progressives didn't give up? They didn't give up Marvel movies. They, they, they didn't give up Marvel movies. If, the, if this was really a thing for them, they would have given up Marvel movies. Why? Because Marvel filmed their movies at Pinewood outside of Atlanta. Uh, and, and one of the, the companies with a controlling interest in that property is the Kathy Family Trust. They're, they're not going to stop watching the Marvel movies. No, 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 no. They're, they're, they're going to watch the Marvel movies. They're just not going to eat at Chick-fil-A. And of all the places to give up eating, like the best chicken sandwich. It's like the people in the, in the, the Popeye's fried chicken thing the other day is, um, is the, you can go eat at the Popeye's when pay no attention to the fact that those people are Republicans too. At least they're not the Kathy family. That was basically the spin on why you should go eat the Popeye's fried chicken sandwich instead of the Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. It is a religious cult with these people. The things you must do in this religion, and it always changes too. That's really the problem with the, the religion of woke is that things change. One day you think you're good, but tomorrow you weren't intersexual enough and, and, and some woman with a deep voice and comfortable shoes is mad at you because you looked at her funny or you committed the high sin of opening the door for her. And someone might have smelt Chick-fil-A on your breath. And how dare you? There's no winning with these people. You do understand this. There's, there's no winning with them. 
Um, but what was so fascinating here is that good Canadians were literally stepping over the pretend dead drag queens. Uh, yeah, they were pretend dead drag queens uh, outside the Chick-fil-A protesting the homophobic chicken. And the people were, were stepping over them politely and opening the door to go into the Chick-fil-A to get their chicken. And I'm sure they felt guilty because, oh, my gosh, we, we have we have people dressed up as drag queens laying on the floor on the concrete dead, pretending to be dead. And all I want is my chicken sandwich for lunch. But they're going to make you care. I mean, they, they, they intend to make you care. You've, you've, you, they've got to stress you out in some way over homophobic chicken. I mean, homophobic cows. You know, the cows do the ad camp. This, y'all, it suddenly makes sense. You know, cows advertise for Chick-fil-A. This is why Elizabeth Warren and Kamala Harris want to ban cows. It's not to fight global warming. It's to rid Chick-fil-A of the primary sources of their ad campaigns. The homophobic cows have to be banned because they're advertising for the homophobic chickens. That's why the cows got to be banned. It all makes sense now. Except none of it does. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. We do need to talk about Sharpie Gate. We really do. Before we do, though, Bill in Woodstock, welcome to the program. Hey, Bill. Hello. Yes, sir. Yep. What's going on? Hello. Not much. Is it Eric? Yep. Hey. Hey, this is great. This is uh... Was it the homophobic chicken? Yes. Yeah, I don't know both sides. So I got a quick question. If, so if a transsexual is a, a male transsexual, does that mean they're now a female? You know, um, so I, I, Bill, I, this is, I think, yes. If you're a transgender male, it means you're a woman who thinks you're a man. And if you're a transgender female you're a man who thinks you're a woman if that's right yes yeah 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 in fact i had to break that down on my, my yeah you know someone I, I did get an email from somebody what's this about another show yeah you know so i am doing another show it's in the mornings it's not here you guys get me all to yourselves um but uh my flagship station is another cock station wgau out of out of athens uh i'm on let's see now rome dalton jasper uh, Clarksville, Athens, Vidalia, Valdosta, Hiawassee, Young Harris, Blue Ridge. Um, and, and somebody asked me what this, uh, LGBTQQIAAP stuff is. They keep adding letters, uh, lesbian, um, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, asexual, uh, androgynous, pansexual. I, it just it, this. They just keep adding letters. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. News ninety five five. Oh wait, no, we've changed the name again. Ninety five and five tenths. WSB. That is the new name that we're sticking with. The phone number has not changed. If you want to be a part of the program, four zero four eight seven two zero seven five zero one eight hundred WSB Talk. We must move on from the homophobic cows and the homophobic chickens. We, we got other stuff to talk about. Y'all, I don't want to talk about this, and, and please understand, I don't want to, but this is Atlanta's evening news, and it is a news story, and I feel compelled to share with you the news, even if I would prefer to talk about Sony's Spider-Man garbage instead. Sharpie Gate, as it's being called. I, I, this is. Let me give you a different take on the story, if you'll allow.
first, I want to play you some audio. Uh, here first, uh, in his Centurious Tones, uh, Don Lemon of CNN. The fact is, there were some very, very early models that showed a possible threat to parts of Alabama. But those models were from Tuesday, August 27th, Wednesday the 28th. Models were updated four times a day. So by Sunday morning, remember that was Wednesday, Tuesday and Wednesday, this is Sunday. By Sunday morning when the president cited an already non-existent threat to Alabama, those models had been updated at least 15 times. Like I said, the White House insisting that the president was being briefed hourly, right? So he's being briefed hourly, made, updated 15 times. Remember, Grisham said he's being briefed hourly. So why did he get it so wrong? Why did he continue to insist that people in Alabama were threatened, even though the National Weather Service said there was no threat? You know what I find interesting about this? The clip, by the way, went on, but I don't, you don't need to hear it. Um, what I find so interesting about this is CNN says it's a news news network. It doesn't do opinion stuff, and that was a monologue. That that's what we call a monologue. Here's Sean Hannity's uh, counter monologue, counter programming from Fox News. Let me address one glaring example of fake news media bias. Almost well, pretty much every newsroom in America screwed this up uh, and lied to you by accusing the president of lying. Now the president issued this tweet. Oh, look at that. That's from, I think, August 29th and 30th, proving the president what he said about the earlier models about Hurricane Dorian, that it might hit Alabama is true. But if you watch the media mob, you would think the president was lying, as they always do. Just another absurd example of Trump derangement syndrome. Take a look. The White House is falsifying weather reports so that it doesn't have to admit the president who spent the weekend golfing was not up to date on the storm's forecast. Donald Trump is not the sharpest sharpie in the drawer. <laughs> this really fits a pattern of the president putting out misleading information. The initial reaction is to laugh out loud. It's laugh out loud funny. It's so absurd. But the other aspect of it borders on being truly dangerous. The Democrats keep looking for an impeachment inquiry to go. This is actually against the law. And this might actually be crumbs for them to say, wait a second, you know? Well, it's right there. A lot of the media mob. I'm sure we'll get their apology. That'll be forthcoming. Wish I had time to name every name. Yeah, yeah. Counter-programming from the CNN. Here, here's what actually happened. In the initial briefings from uh, the National Weather Service, they thought that the hurricane could have gone across Florida, gone west. It was big enough uh, that it would have impacted southern Alabama. To Don Lemon's point, he, he's he's actually, he's got a better point than Hannity, that the Weather Service models changed and the president continued on for several days to use Alabama, though he was supposedly getting hourly briefings. But who cares? Now, the president clearly cares. He summoned um, John Roberts from Fox News into his office and, and sharpied up a picture. The media is obsessed with it. The president's obsessed with saying he was really right. The media is obsessed with trying to prove the presidency. Who cares? Do you know how many people are dead in the Bahamas? No, you don't. I don't either. Why? Because the media is not covering any of it. They don't know. They're too busy covering a sharpie on a map. Who cares? And this is part of the problem with the coverage of this president. 
and it, it's just it, they're obsessed with it. Well, here's my and there's there's a, a Huffington Post reporter. He's definitely of the left. He, he he's he's a reasonable progressive, I guess you could say. And he he's upset with me for saying I, I don't care. This doesn't matter, and it doesn't matter. This is the honest honest thing here. It doesn't matter. The people who already think the president is is an insane moron. That this just reinforces it. The people who think the president is playing five, six, twenty five thousand dimensional chess, they're just going to think this is more dimensional chess. It doesn't matter. In the meantime, they're ignoring other stories. And so the, the reporter, and I don't want to name and shame because that's not my point, but he's like, when does it matter? Does it not matter that he um, that he does this all the time, that he has done this for 900 days, 700 days? When, when does it matter? It, it already matters to some people. It will never matter to other people. How many stories is the media not covering? Because they're fixated on the president drawing with a Sharpie marker on a map. How many people, how many people are going to care now that didn't care last week? I, 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 I don't get it. I, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, I, do I think the president's response is ridiculous? I absolutely think the president's response is ridiculous. I mean, let it go, man. Let it go. But the same for the press. Let it go. Who cares? Who cares? You just had a massive hurricane wipe out part of the Bahamas, and you're obsessed over a Sharpie marker. All of you should grow up. It's You know what this reminds me of? Have you ever seen the movie, the Michael Douglas, uh, Kathleen, uh, what's-her-name movie, um, where they're they're fighting the the War of the Roses and they wind up climbing on the sh- uh, chandelier and the chandelier collapses and and they both wind up dying in the movie. Danny DeVito comes in and finds their body. Uh, the War of the Roses movie because they're going through a nasty divorce. It's like a nasty divorce. The media and the president had a symbiotic, useful relationship for years. They used each other, built each other up, uh, and then they turned on each other. And we are the kids in this going through this divorce, watching the parents lose their freaking minds with each other. And we're, we're, we're being held hostage to their collective insanity and hatred towards each other. And there's so much else happening in life that the media could be covering and so much more the president could be doing instead of trying to defend himself from something that happened on Sunday. This happened Sunday, and we're still talking about it, and that's ridiculous. You know what is not ridiculous? We have a winner, Larry Jenkins from Cumming, just won five, wait, 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 no, no, he won $700 in free gas from 95.5. You can win too. All you got to do, register at wsbradio.com today. Listen at 8 a.m. on Monday on 95.5 WSB for your name. You call and you win. Tune in at 8 a.m. on Monday. It's $500 as the jackpot. Congratulations to Larry Jenkins for winning $700, Larry, from coming in free gas money. Now, I, that's all I want to say on, on the Sharpie stuff. Um, it, it, there, there's so much being said about it, and it's ridiculous. What I really want to move to is Elizabeth Warren and her no-nuke stuff. Uh, because she's out there now saying we're not going to have any more nuclear reactors in this country. She's telling everybody that we need to pay attention to the science, and all the scientists out there are saying, no, actually, we need more nuclear reactors. So, I mean, why are we not listening to the scientists if we're supposed to listen to the scientists? It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, you know, before I can get to the war and nuke stuff, i got to play this audio that has surfaced of an interview uh, that uh, Pete Buttigieg has done. Uh, this is just ghoulish stuff. Over that. Now, right now, 
they hold everybody in line with this one uh, kind of uh, piece of doctrine about abortion, right? Which is obviously a tough issue for a lot of people to think through morally. Then again, uh, you know, there's a lot of parts of the Bible that talk about how life begins with breath. And so even that is something that we can interpret differently. And uh, I'm pro-choice. Take up, uh, me too. Yeah. And, but I think no matter where you think about the, the kind of cosmic question of how life begins, most Americans can get on the board with the idea of, all right, I might draw the line here, you might draw the line there. But the most important thing is the person who should be drawing the line is the woman making the decision. Absolutely. And I think that if you're a man who's against abortion, you haven't gotten the wrong woman pregnant. And she's I mean, wife. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just saying we've had some slip ups and I've had a few look in this. Uh, This is just so you've got Pete Buttigieg saying that Christians can believe until the baby has its first breath. It's not alive. He's trying essentially to pull Christianity away from Christians um, uh, you know, he, he's an Episcopalian, so we do have to show him some grace here, but it, it, it's, this is really striking that he would argue that you're not alive until you, your first breath and that the Bible's just as you, you know, I don't know what Bible he's reading. And again, he's Episcopalian. So, um, if you read the Christian Bible, you, what you'll find is that, uh, lots of things, for example, uh, Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit in, in Mary's womb which has always been the argument Christians have against abortion in that uh, if life for Jesus began at conception or the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, then after conception, he could have been aborted. So, so no. Also that um, God knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Uh, God stitched you together in your mother's womb. Uh, all of these things in the Bible point to life begins at conception. Now, listen, if you're not a Christian and you don't make the by-faith argument, that that's okay. Uh, but let's not argue with the science here either. If we're supposed to believe global warming's real because 95% of scientists say so, 90% of biologists say that life begins at conception. You, you may not recognize the life. It may not look like a human being for a couple of months, but you're just a few couple of weeks actually, because then it definitely starts to, to take human form. And after six, seven weeks, uh, there's a heartbeat that starts beating. Now, of course, you've got progressive activists rushing very hard to say, no, 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 it's a fetal pulse, not a fetal. No, it's, it's, it's a heartbeat. It is amazing how the left that has basically hung their hat on science, science, we must believe the science, doesn't want to believe the science when it comes to transgenderism, when it comes to when life begins at conception, even to the nuances of climate change. They, they don't want to believe it. And now you have a presidential candidate saying that it is okay for you to believe that life doesn't begin until the, bre- the the child starts breathing, exits the womb, and takes his or her first breath. This is an extremist position by a Democratic candidate, and the media is going to give him as much a pass as they're giving Bernie Sanders, saying we can solve population problems by letting people be exterminated around the world. It is 39 after the hour. I just so happen to be Eric Erickson. You are listening to Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number, if you want to be a part of the program, this Friday evening is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Okay, before I, 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 we'll get to Elizabeth Warren here. Just give me one second. Uh, that that uh, runoff in House District 71, uh, my goodness, how insufferable. Um, 
uh, the, the Sackerson lady. She So she's taken money from lobbyists. She's taken money from politicians. She's taken money from the Speaker of the House. She's refused to take a position on whether or not David Ralston should go. And now, because she's in a runoff with uh, Philip Singleton, she's attacking him, claiming that, that he's got cronies. Philip Singleton and his group of shady cronies have tried to steal the election. They've lied about me and my conservative values for the last time. If they want big boy politics, they're going to get it. Oh, my gosh, is this person insufferable. So here's what we have. Um, Marcy Sackerson has gotten contributions from political action committees, campaign committees, lobbyists, and lobbying firms. And according to the the Noonan Times Herald, uh, Philip Singleton's contributions have come from individuals. He's reported just one contribution from a campaign committee and only two from businesses. Her money is being funded from politicians who don't even live in the district who support the speaker. And Singleton's money is coming from people who live in the district. She she's like White Stacey Abrams. Good grief. I mean, she and now she's going to try to say this is like Stacey Abrams attacking Brian Kemp's crony politics. This is, I mean, why is a Republican candidate, Sackerson, why is she adopting Stacey Abrams' rhetoric to attack a candidate who's gotten into a runoff with small-dollar donors? We don't need another Stacey Abrams in the House of Representatives, particularly one who's going to back the Speaker of the House. Goodness gracious, eh? I just Philip Singleton and his group of shady cronies. What what are his shady cronies? The people of the district? I mean, do you people who live in Noonan and Peachtree City, are you shady cronies? Is that what you call someone from Peachtree City? I thought we called people from Peachtree City golf guardians. But apparently they're called shady cronies because, I mean, it's the people of Peachtree City and, and Noonan who are giving this guy guy money and... She's getting it from lobbyists and politicians, but somehow the small dollar donor guy is the shady crow. This is, I mean, uh, a Republican adopting Stacey Abrams tactics. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. Um, next, she'll be doing a die-in outside his campaign uh, because of the indi- indigenous peoples and homophobic chickens. <laughs> Oh, good Lord. Okay. All right. Elizabeth Warren. We got to play this audio. This is Elizabeth Warren. Uh, back to the CNN thing. By the way, did you know the CNN? They're, they're, so their ratings tanked. Uh, the the, the seven-hour climate cult festivities did not go over well. And now, because it went over so poorly, they're going to do an LGBTQQIAATP, whatever, um, pick your letter of the alphabet for them. Here's Elizabeth Warren, another climate one. So my question is, what is your opinion on the prospect of nuclear energy to help replace fossil fuels? And uh, what do the uh, risks outweigh any potential benefits? So you rightly point out about nuclear energy. It's not carbon-based, but the problem is it's got a lot of risks associated with it, particularly the risks associated with the spent fuel rods, that nobody can figure out how we're going to store these things for the next bazillion years. So here's how I see it. In my administration, we're not going to build any new nuclear power plants. And we are going to start weaning ourselves off nuclear energy and replacing it with renewable fuels over, we're going to get it all done by 2035, but I hope we're getting it done faster than that.
Oh, whatever. I want to give you some facts about the, this nuclear. I mean, if she's pro-science and she says we got to listen to the scientists, Mark Schneider, Mark Schneider is a scientist, a nuclear futurist is what he likes to say. And he's the president of uh, Generation 4 Nuclear Inc., uh, which develops a new generation. They've got new tech for nuclear reactors. The nuclear reactors built in the 50s and 60s. They, they got newer tech. And uh, let me read you some of what he points out. What if I told you we have at least 10,000 years of power available to us at this very moment and we aren't using it? Instead, it sits in fields, aging away, doing nothing. We call it nuclear waste, but that's really a lie. Uh, it is fuel or the building blocks of fuel. The legacy plants used in the U.S. use uranium-235 at around 3% enrichment as a fuel source. After the uranium-235 fuel is consumed, the rest is considered waste. What is left of the 97% is 96% uranium-238 and 1% plutonium-239. Plutonium-239 is really just a form of nuclear fuel that was created when uranium-238 absorbed excess neutrons from the reactor operating. We can design, in fact, these plants have existed in the past and still do today, we can design and build a plant that uses this plutonium as fuel. It can also use the excess neutrons from fission to generate more plutonium from the leftover uranium-238. The average fission yield is 2.88 neutrons per fission of plutonium-239. A critical reactor will consume one of the 2.88 neutrons. The remaining can be used to convert uranium-238 into plutonium-239. That's the principle behind a breeder reactor. Literally, breeder reactors generate power at the same time they generate fuel for future use. The power plants can literally consume what is incorrectly referred to as nuclear waste. It is literally fuel for a power plant. If we built a breeder reactor at 40-year-old power uh, as a 40-year-old power plant that is the same size of the existing legacy plant, it would take 1300 years to consume the spit nuclear fuel from the legacy plant. All over the United States, we have inactive and decommissioned legacy plants with spent fuel sitting idly by that we could consume as well. The leftover uranium-238 from enrichment is literally wasted in the form of ammunition for high-caliber rounds. Plutonium is used as the primary stage for our nuclear weapons program. We use plutonium in an uncontrolled fission reaction with tritium to cause a, nuclear, uh, a fusion explosion. Instead, we could use these weapons in a safe and environmentally friendly manner to fuel the planet. Elizabeth Warren doesn't want to build any more nuclear reactors because she doesn't want the nuclear waste. And yet, if you built a breeder reactor, it would use the nuclear waste. I thought we were supposed to believe the scientists. She, she doesn't want to believe the scientists. She wants to believe the hype. You cannot take people seriously who say they want to do something about global warming if they're not willing to embrace nuclear power. It's crazy. Georgia Power, that has coal-burning power plants, is willing to invest in solar power, wind power, and nuclear power. Elizabeth Warren, who wants to shut down the coal power plants and says she's all about global warming and climate change, isn't willing to believe the science that, that Georgia Power is willing to believe. Maybe we should let Georgia Power be in charge of dealing with climate change, not Elizabeth Warren. It is Eric Erickson here. Welcome. The phone number. Well, it's too late to call. It is too late to call. I, I, I got to I gotta play you one of the, the dumbest, funniest bits of analysis that's come out of the President's Sharpie Gate thing. This was from MSNBC. I, I really want you to listen to Chuck Todd's reaction to this supposed smart analyst. Almost half-jokingly, the, the Democrats keep looking for an impeachment inquiry to go. This is actually against the law. No. 
and this might actually be crumbs for them to say, wait a second, you know? I, mean, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, could right. you imagine? Like, this, this is the downfall. And Sarah, what is there to imagine? Like, you know. Yeah, I know, he would love it. I'm glad. He would probably no, love and, it. And, and by the way, his people, he thinks his people love this. and it, they, they don't. I mean, it okay. depends on who you yeah. talk to who's going to be more candid with you, but they don't like this. It's a distraction. It's just head-scratching to them. And not only that, to your point, they have to do all this extra work. Yeah. Um, that somehow Sharpie Gate and the president drawing on a map is going to lead to his impeachment. That really is insane, folks. And yet this is what some people believe. Oh, man. You guys have a great weekend. I will see you all on Monday.